opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello everyone and welcome to Main Menu for the 29th of July 2016. I am your co-host Jason Castingway. Get ready for a jam-packed show. It is quite full of information and lots of good questions being asked. We have quite a panel. We talk with Kelly Ford, Dan Hubble, and Brett Humphrey, who are program engineers on the Microsoft Accessibility Team working on Narrator. Also with us are Randy Rusnak, Jeff Bishop, and Joe Steinkamp. We talk about the Windows 10 anniversary update coming out August 2nd, and all the improvements and new features being made to Narrator. Voices, auto-suggestions, verbosity, it's all in the show, and it goes from one thing to another pretty quickly, so, whew, you might want to buckle up. (laughs) Please note that as we discuss the new features of Narrator, we have a demo we play for each of the features. When you hear this sound... The demo begins, and when you hear this sound, we're back to the discussion. Let's get right into it. Enjoy the show. Hello, Main Menu listeners. How many of you remember this sound? I know I do. That was the startup of Windows XP. I can remember my very first netbook. I would hit the Windows key and the letter U and would bring up Narrator. Remember the first sounds of Narrator? When you brought Narrator up, you could get your computer going if you did not have access to a screen reader. In those days, it was really primitive, but you could get the job done. Let's hear Narrator as it was on Windows XP. Foreground window, combo box, female whisper, list item, invisible, spam, list item, Invisible, combo box, spam, apply, push button, to press, use space bar, voiced, foreground, pitch, foreground window, foreground window, combo box, Mary, for telephone, list item, invisible, mic, list, apply, push button, combo box, mic. We are going to fast forward now to 2016, and here what narrator has become. I think you will be pleasantly surprised. I'd like to introduce now Mr. Jeff Bishop. Glad to have you aboard, Jeff. Thank you, Randy, very much. And today on Main Menu, we have quite an esteemed panel of people here, both from Microsoft as well as other spots around the web. So we'll get to them in just a minute. At the ACB convention earlier in July, we had a terrific opportunity to meet with a number of Microsoft people to talk about the future of Microsoft products, both on the Windows side and on the Office team as well. So this was very exciting and it was really fruitful and we had some great conversation. So we wanted to bring many of them here to Main Menu to talk about something that's coming up very, very soon. In fact, probably the week after you're hearing this on Main Menu, and that is the Windows 10 Anniversary Edition 
yep, there's a new Windows 10 version coming, and we put together a panel of experts to talk about it. So first of all, I want to introduce Dan Hubble. Dan? Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. And what is your position currently at Microsoft? So I am, uh, for some of the listeners I know have probably uh, heard me on this program in the past, and I've had a number of different titles, but currently I'm a program manager on the Windows Accessibility Engineering team. Great. Okay. And Brett? Well, hi, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me on the program today. I'm one of the senior program managers who works on Narrator, and I've been working on Windows and accessibility for about the last eight years. Yeah, that's terrific. And many will know this name, Kelly Ford. Hello, Kelly. Well, thanks, Jeff, and hello to you and all the ACB listeners. As some know, I've worn a few different hats at Microsoft over the years. I'm now a senior program manager, along with Dan and Brett, on the Windows Accessibility team working on Narrator. Terrific. That's great. And we uh, asked Joe Steinkamp. Many of you will know Joe from Blind Bargains and his podcasts, but uh, he's definitely a Windows expert. We wanted to bring his expertise here as well. Hello, Joe. Hi, Jeff. Uh, oh, I thought you wanted me to talk about Xbox Narrator. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, I, I am a proud Xbox owner, actually. And Narrator is on Xbox. But uh, I, I'm happy to be here to talk uh, in my vernacular in being what I have been accused of online is being a Windows fanboy. So I'm glad to represent. <laughs> That's great. Well, we, we might get to Xbox if we have time, but uh, <laughs> there's some cool stuff happening there, too. And, of course, Jason's here as well. Jason's been very quiet. He's, I think he uh, he's just kind of lurking out there. Hello, Jason. Oh, hello there. So Microsoft assisted us here in putting together a, an outline just to make sure that we all stay on topic because we have a lot to talk about today. And I wanted to throw it over to Dan to talk a little bit about Microsoft's accessibility story, commitment, and that kind of thing, and how that relates to Windows 10. So, Dan, take it away. Well, thanks again, Jeff. And, you know, as you know, we've had a, I've had a long history in the accessibility group. Like Brett, uh, I've been around for, for eight or ten years. And, um, you know, we've, we've certainly been on a journey, and we've written quite a bit over the last sort of six to nine months about sort of a reinvigoration of the accessibility efforts here at the company. One of the, I think, guiding principles for uh, accessibility in the company in general is just trying to be more transparent about what we're doing. I think we've really had a tendency in the past to not be as open about the things that we were working on or the priorities that we had given. And one of the outcomings of the way Windows is being developed now and sort of this continuous cycle as, as an operating system as a service is the fact that we're really, as we're making improvements, we're constantly sending those out into the public through our insiders program and trying to really engage the community more. So uh, a few high-level things. For the folks that don't know, we do have some new leadership within the company. As most people know, the CEO, Satya Nadella, was named a couple of years ago. And prior to him becoming the CEO, he was actually the champion of our diversity groups within the company, including uh, being sort of an executive sponsor of some of our accessibility work. So he's been a longtime supporter of the accessibility movement, so to speak, within the company. 
And that's manifested itself, I think, in some of the priorities that have come out of the company in the last couple of years. This week actually marks our annual hackathon at the company, the third annual hackathon since he's been the CEO. And the two uh, winning projects within those uh, two events were both related to accessibility. And I think that goes to show where both the executives at the company are valuing the thought that's going into accessibility, but how the line level folks at the company are really using accessibility as a way to differentiate uh, the work that, that we're doing and sort of the innovation that we're trying to drive forward with the company. Many of you may also know that we have announced a new chief accessibility officer. Uh, her name is Jenny LaFleury. She has, again, previously been pretty heavily involved in our diversity efforts at the company, and, and so she has taken the reins. For those who know about the Disability Answer Desk, she's the one who was instrumental in making sure that that was sponsored and executed and got up and running. I know Kelly uh, was on that team as well and sort of getting that established, and, and he used to work for Jenny as well. So we've got some great leadership at the top that's really driving for the company uh, what we think is probably the most exciting time for accessibility. We've got Office, as you mentioned earlier, Jeff, really engaged. Windows is engaged. We're delivering a lot of new stuff. And because we've had this focus on engineering and the transparency about what we're doing, it's been really exciting to actually use that as a vehicle to continue the dialogue with our customers, like the folks listening to this program, to gather feedback and influence the work that we're doing. And so that's why we're here today. Great. Thank you very, very much. And I know Microsoft will talk a lot more about this near the end, but is really looking for lots of feedback. So everyone keep that in mind. And I'm sure Kelly and Dan and Brett will give us lots of information on how you can get involved in really helping shape the future of Microsoft products and making sure they're the most accessible and inclusive products that there are out there right now. So, Dan, thank you very much. Joe, before we switch over to Brett here, I just wanted to give you an opportunity here to talk a little bit about Windows 10 and the, you know, you've been involved in the Insider process and kind of what your overall impressions are of what you're thinking of the new version coming out next week. I am extremely excited about some of the changes that are coming in Windows 10 anniversary, uh, most notably for low vision users, the dark theme, which is available in settings, personalization under colors is a wonderful thing to have. Uh, it is better than what had been done before. You could do it, but you had to do kind of a registry hacky kind of thing. And this is great that it's right there. I am very, very happy to be a proud owner of a Surface Pro, and I love the touch things are working so much better with Narrator in Windows 10 Anniversary, along with the regular things that come along when you do an interim release, which is, you know, better feelings about how uh, drivers work and more integration and speed and all that is there. But as far as someone who's been using a lot of insider program features, not just on Windows, but on Xbox and others, it's neat to be able to see a lot of that integration come across platform, as you were hearing earlier from the others here on the program. I haven't messed with Office nearly as much because I, I just don't have that much time in the day to play with all the cool things that are out there and available. But from Windows, which is my daily operating system, I've really enjoyed being able to see a lot of that come through. And I love that a lot of the feedback mechanisms are also very accessible. 
either with a general window screen reader or with narrator. Absolutely. So, Dan, before we toss it over to Brett here, I had one other question for you, and that is there's been some concern about the availability of the upgrade after July 29th. We know that it will become a paid upgrade for most users of Windows 10, except for those of us with assistive technologies or those with disabilities. So do you have any information at this point on how that upgrade process will work or what information you might be able to share about that? Yeah, I do. So on, as you mentioned, July 29th is the deadline for reserving the free upgrade for uh, general users. We will have on the 29th a uh, web page that will be available on the Microsoft.com accessibility site. And it'll essentially ask you to attest that you're an AT user. Now, you don't have to provide proof of that. It's an attestation that uh, you're a user of AT. And by opting into the program, you agree to the terms and blah, 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 blah. And at the bottom of that will be a download link that will take you to the current version of Windows that's available. So it's a pretty simple and straightforward. And if you go to the accessibility page, Microsoft.com accessibility on the 29th or after, I will note that the anniversary update for Windows is not available until the 2nd of August. And so if you do decide to take advantage of the free download extension between July 29th and August 2nd, you will get the current version of Windows 10 that's available from the November update last year. Um, and then, of course, after August 2nd, um, that update will take you to whatever the most recent version of Windows 10 is. Okay, great. All right, before we go to Brett here, so I just want to just check and see who is on Windows 10. I know that at home and here at the office, I have nothing but Windows 10 machines. And Randy, did you make the big leap, my friend? Yes, I am on Windows 10 on my laptop. Well, Brett, the last time I saw you, you were uh, doing a big dance all about Narrator in the office meeting. So let's talk about this thing, man. This is really, really great stuff. Narrator is coming into its own and... Tell us what's new, what's happening, what's going on. Sure, thank you, Jeff. Uh, first of all, been super exciting uh, being on accessibility for a while, and you know, as Dan spoke about earlier, it's great to have the top-down support, and it's really fun to see the change inside the company and to kind of bring the first round of change to you. And I want to talk about kind of the high-level goals as we came into the Windows 10 anniversary update that really drove some of the narrator work. And we really first started with performance, had a great amount of feedback that says, "Hey, look." I pressed down on the key, I want something to speak really quickly to me. We also went into voices. We know we needed higher speed voices. We wanted better clarity and also eventually more languages. So that way you would have more choice globally. Then we really needed to do improved keyboarding, really around three areas. We wanted to increase the ergonomics. We wanted to make sure that things are more familiar, where there is overlap between screen readers and where it makes sense, bring those familiar keys in so that you could use them, and then overall decrease the learning curve for all of Windows. So today, on many screen readers, the web is different from apps that are different from Win32 apps. And so how do we really start to close the gap so the learning curve is much lower? Then. Our fourth major area was really to start to improve text verbosity. There was way too much information. And we kind of focused on really three main levels, and we'll talk in more detail about that. But it's really focused around what does it mean to do email and web. And then we wanted to improve kind of the accuracy during email. There were some interesting editing scenarios where we uh, had to improve end of line and 
kind of our reading speed as well. And then we wanted to really improve base experiences where it made sense. So for core areas like Cortana and email, your ability to do autocomplete and drop down. So that kind of went breadthwise across the OS. So when you're typing, you'll hear some great things uh, about uh, autocomplete and numbers and the number of items and what's selected. We'll get into more of that in detail. And then really being able to learn more about Narrator, both online and offline. Uh, we started a kind of a deeper dive on the first round of a Narrator user manual, and that will continue to grow as we go forward. And then last, but certainly not least, is the ability to get more feedback through Narrator when you're using it. And so those were kind of our driving issues uh, over the last six months. And really, people wonder, well, where do we get that? Honestly, it's really top direct user feedback. Um, we did a bunch of work with our user research led by Mira Shaw, and that echoed exactly what folks were telling us. And so we really chose to focus on a narrow slice of email and web because those are the most common things. And as you know, Narrator is only now starting its journey forward. So we had to pick narrow areas to really stay focused and, uh, and help bring the most value possible. And then we really spent time planning and sharing both with uh, folks like the ACB. We have an advisory board that we talk with, and we have some users under NDA that we sit and we say, hey, look, here's where we're thinking about going. So really, it's, it's folks like yourself, folks listening on this podcast to really help us understand the direction we're going. And we think the result starts to speak for the direction we're going. And so we've got some great feedback. But really, it's about you, and it's about how and where we go together over this journey. And so we're looking for really continued feedback over time. So, Brett, do you think that Narrator should be seen ongoing as a you know, commercial screen reader replacement? Is that sort of where Microsoft is heading in this area? I think about it in two ways. One, there's just a demand and a need for when you open up a device, any operating system, to have built-in assistive technologies. And we believe that your ability to be productive is important. So we do look at what it means to edit. We will continue to work with the office. We will continue to work with our inbox app partners. But at the same time, all of the ways in which we're exposing data and working with our internal partners are available for third-party assistive technologies. We think it's critical that we internally innovate, but we also want third-party assistive technologies to innovate. I know that you are using Narrator internally at Microsoft to assist in testing for accessibility of Microsoft products like Office and even Edge and, and other key areas within Microsoft. So it really makes sense to have a strong tool at your disposal that you have full control over to ensure that the accessibility experience is true for your products. Do you have any comment about that? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, we've had a great partnership uh, internally with Office. They're certainly a key partner. Edge is another key partner. and. When we look at um, how do we make those tech services sound and act the same, and Edge is also the PDF team. So when we look at Word, which backs email, we look at PDF, we look at Word itself, we look at the Edge surface itself. Our goal is to really make those feel more and more similar so that you learn a, a core set of tasks on one, they translate to all of them. So it's really important for us to have those key partnerships. It's great to have the feedback. It's great to have the both internal and external testing. So. The more feedback, the better we can help plan going forward. Without folks like yourself, without folks that are on the listening today, really it's hard for us to, to go forward and make the next great step. Absolutely. Um, uh, do you th how, how does Magnifier fit into all of this in reference to Narrator? Is that, is that an area of focus for you now as well? Yeah, great question. We actually took um, the last six months and focused 
particularly on Narrator and what it means to be fully blind. Magnifier is the same as it was in Windows 8, Windows 8.1. We have not made really any new advances in that to date. The one thing that works out really nice for us long term is the data and all of the, all of the things we're working on with our partners in Narrator will have longer term benefits to Magnifier as well. But those are to come and as we go forward, we'll announce as we do that work. But right now, we're really staying focused on Narrator because we think we've taken the right steps, but we're far from done. And so we've, got, we've just got more work to do. So, Brett, on that note, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about some of the improvements coming in Windows 10 Anniversary Edition is the responsiveness with touch. I have a Surface Pro, and I really like how swiping feels more fluid. Um, I feel like explore by touch, for lack of a better term, so moving my finger around the screen for those who are not familiar with that term. If you move your finger around the screen to explore, uh, I feel like that is really responsive under my finger when using Narrator. Uh, Some of those changes have been really exciting to see over the Insider program. And can you give me kind of an idea of how the team approaches in the guys of what is a good way of using with keyboard or what is better working with touch or do you approach them kind of evenly a great question touch is some place that we had started early on in windows 8 because one of the goals around windows 8 and moving forward is around a primary touch interface what's been interesting is and i I think you touched on this which is uh, folks are hesitant to do touch we do a bunch of work inside user research labs and when we tell folks touch is available they're actually quite hesitant to use it. The other thing we've noticed, too, is that folks haven't yet really absorbed what Microsoft is doing around integrating touch and all of the laptops. So our goal is if you go buy a low-cost laptop or a nice Surface Pro 4 or a Surface Book, that all of them have touch on the screen itself. And so it's interesting to observe is it's not expected yet. And so we really spent the Windows 8 anniversary update focused on improving the keyboard because that's where we observe that 90-plus percent of the folks start. We do love touch, and we want to continue to improve touch. And uh, it's great to hear that the Surface Pro 4 is working well for you and that the performance work is helping there as well. So great to hear you're using it. I love the feedback. And our goal really is to think about both going forward, but we're kind of focused on the keyboard right now and and probably continue to focus on the keyboard uh, with some potential touch in the future. But, but right now, we want to stay where most of our users are. Well, as a follow-up to that, Cortana has a, a big uh, influence in Windows 10 anniversary. So Cortana on the lock screen, you can get weather and information right there. And of course, not getting into the camera aspect with Windows Hello. But for the moment, when you look at those kinds of things, do those also get integrated, those kind of touch events or the ability to use the microphone and be more speech-oriented and talking back and forth? And how does that affect Narrator? Yeah, great question. Uh, We're doing some continued work with those teams to make the integration better. Uh, On the phone, actually, the integration is pretty clean. On the desktop, there's certainly more work to continue to do there. But we believe speech is uh, really going to continue to be a first-class citizen. So our ability to integrate these two over time with those teams are super important to us. Great. Now, we talked a little bit about performance, and I thought we uh, have some bolded items here to go through. So let's start there. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, Brett? Yeah, thank you. It's been clear from early you know, releases of Windows that, hey, look, I, I press a key. There's a longer lag than I would like. I arrow down. There's a bit more lag before something starts talking. And so we really spent a focused effort on looking at performance on other devices and other screen readers and said, look, how do we really drive this down? to be a higher performance. 
And so today, if you go for the start screen and you just turn on narrator and you press the Windows key and arrow down, you notice that we're super responsive. If you go to the web and you arrow down, you're going to hear it feel much more responsive than what you'd expect. So when you press a key, super short lag when you start hearing something. And so it's been a, an ongoing effort, will be an ongoing effort between us and Edge and the Office team to continue to improve performance. That really helps as we go and talk about the voices and, and we get into that, that those two uh, coupled together really start to help uh, speed up and make you far more productive. Absolutely. And, and speaking of voices, Kelly, you guys have done a lot of work in this area to improve the responsiveness of narrator voices. What's going on there? Yes, Jeff. Uh, as Brett said, I mean, you know, we're really trying across multiple fronts to uh, help the users get information as efficiently and rapidly as they can. So we've really had a good partnership with the folks that do the text-to-speech work for Microsoft at helping them understand kind of the use case and the importance of rapid speech with screen readers and also maintaining that intelligibility at the more rapid speech rates. So we've kind of pretty much doubled the top rate of speed that narrator can speak at in the anniversary update. And it's kind of one of those things, uh, you know, you have to try it or, or listen to some of the changes and really get a sense of where are, where we're going. And again, we always, like a lot of what we're doing, we want the feedback. If you're trying the voices and there's things you like or don't like, it helps us get our direction. Uh, we're always interested in, you know, uh, speech words that you still find maybe where the pronunciation can be improved. It's really been interesting working with the team over the last period of time to have an excellent partnership to build this bridge of getting our faster text-to-speech for narrator. I do also want to point out, if you do have speech that you like from other, other third parties, you can still install those on Windows, and uh, narrator will work with those as well. Absolutely. And you put together a demonstration of the new voices, and let's take a listen to that. One of the areas where we've invested in narrator is in faster text-to-speech voices. First, we're going to listen to some speech from Windows 10 before the anniversary update. So this is at 50%. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. With Now let's listen to the older voices, even at 100%. Speed increased to 85%. Speed, incre speed, in speed increase to 100%. Move to beginning of text. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. With roughly 1.2 billion people with disabilities in the world, we're passionate about ensuring that our products and services are designed for... So we can hear that's the top speed. Now let's switch over to the voices that will be available with the Windows 10 anniversary update. So here we are on the anniversary update. And we'll start with text at 50%. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Let's go up to about 75%. Speed increase to 55%. Speed increase to 60%. Speed increase to 65%. Speed increase to 70%. Speed increase to 75%. Move to beginning of text. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more, with roughly 1.2 billion people with disabilities. Now let's go up to 100%. Speed, 
And just to recap, 100% before the update. Move to beginning of text. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. 100% after the update. So next we want to talk about keyboarding in scan mode. So Brad, take it away. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, one of the things I'd mentioned earlier really is about improving our keyboard. And it was really around three main areas, ergonomics. We had a bunch of feedback in our direct user research in our lab about ergonomics. Two, make it more familiar, like H for header and K for link. And then three, really the ability to have a consistent way to navigate both uh, new Windows Universal apps and the web and kind of making that easier to learn and go through. And so what we created was uh, a mode called Scan Mode. And so it's, it's the start of our, our journey on making the keyboarding easier and simpler and more unified across Windows. And uh, it does a few things for you right away. Uh, you start it by pressing cap space. And you can arrow up and down. And that arrowing up and down will take you through lines and links and everything as you expect on the web. But at the same time, if you jump over to the weather app or you jump into uh, other Windows Universal apps, you will be able to arrow down and arrow through those as well. So we really started to, to unify a way to get through an app, kind of learn an app without having to worry about knowing a lot of complicated ways to get through apps. So really making that much simpler. And uh, one of the things we've done too around ergonomics is that we looked at kind of the top things you do on the web and in mail. And we said, look, a lot of folks just want to arrow up and down and go line by line. And uh, if you arrow left and right, you'll go character by character. And we build on basically what a text editor does. So if you hold down the control key, we'll jump paragraph by paragraph or word by word. And then we took it a step further. And I said, hey, look, if you hold down the Alt key, particularly if you're in the web and even looking through documents, uh, as you press up and down, we'll jump by heading. And left and right, we'll jump you by link. And then if you're in a table, holding down the control Alt key and moving the arrow keys, will move you through the cells. And so our goal around the ability to use the control alt keys and the arrow keys was really about better ergonomics. You don't really have to move back and forth. So you can hold on the control alt keys, arrow keys, press space. So really optimizing how you get through the web, how you would read a document, and really don't have to shift back and forth between the arrow keys and the keyboard. So you can be just more efficient with less movement overall. Scan mode is a new feature in Narrator that allows you to use the up and down arrow keys along with the space bar to move through applications, web pages, and other experiences. Scan mode can be turned on and off with a press of caps lock and the spacebar. You can use the up and down arrow to move through items, and when you find something that you want to activate, you press space, such as a link. Let's listen to some examples. Scan. I'm on the ACB website, and I'm going to start pressing down arrow. Home link list item. About us, including governing documents, link list item. ACB boards and committees link list item. Affiliates link list item. Now, as you might expect, we've added other hotkeys that you're probably familiar with, such as H for headings. Heading level 2, our mission. And at any point, I can also press caps lock plus M to start a continuous read. Heading level 2, our mission text, the American Council of the Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and quality of life for all blind and and control to stop. 
We have several other hotkeys available. These include K to move by link and adding a shift to the key to move backwards. So I can step through links. Donate to American Council of the Blind, link. ACB Home, link. If a website has landmarks, I can use D. Header, banner. Navigation, navigation. Section, main. Let's switch over to another website, in this case Wikipedia, with a list of states. Press space to edit. Table, became a state, header item, column header. So I'm going to go to the beginning of the web page with caps lock plus Y. Move to beginning of text. And now I can hit T to look for a table. Table exit, table, columns abbreviation state name capital became a state contains. And when I go to that table, I will get information. Only tradition link and they are still. The states are labeled with their U.S. postal abbreviations link and capitals link. Table, abbreviation, header, item, column, header. State name, header, item, column, header. So these are the headers. Capital header, item, column, header. Became a state header, item, column, header. Now I've been pressing down arrow. I can change to table navigation commands of Control-Alt and the four arrow keys to move through this table. Capital, state name, abbreviation, header, item, column, head, end of row. So let's go down the abbreviation column. AL, column header abbreviation. AK. AZ, AR, CA. Now let's go across the CA column. CA, non-selected. California, column header state name. California, link. California, non-selected. So there we heard the column header and the state. Sacramento, column header capital. Sacramento, link. Sacramento, September 9, 1850, column header became a state. So I hear the information from the table using the familiar commands. Scan mode works in more than just web pages. Outlook to weather, 4 of 6, weather window, Fahrenheit. Let's go to the weather app. This is the weather app built into Windows 10. Redmond, WA. So I hear it's Redmond, Washington, and I can hit down arrow. Current condition, 78 degrees. And 78 degrees. Fahrenheit selected. Press to change to Celsius button. Applications can also have landmarks, so I'm going to hit D to go to the next landmark. Group, daily. So here this is called the daily group. Monday 25, high 82 degrees, low 63 degrees, mostly sunny, 1 of 10, selected. Tuesday 26, high 79 degrees, low 63 degrees, mostly cloudy, 2 of 10, I can hit not selected. D. I can hit D again. Group, hourly. This would be the hourly details. Group, day details. And now here it says day details. Day. I can arrow down and now read the day details. There will be mostly sunny skies. It'll be warm with a high of 82. Scan mode works on the start menu as well. Search box, editing. So I pressed the Windows key and now I'm on the start menu. Start window, recently added, group. I hit the down arrow once. Now I'm going to turn scan mode back on. Scan. I'll hit Shift D to go to the first landmark in the start menu. Navigation menu, contains five items navigation menu. So I hear that I'm in the navigation menu. Toggle navigation menu, one of five. Tooltip, expand. I can hit D. Apps view, zoomed in, semantic zoom apps view. I go to the apps view. This is your all apps list. Recently added, group. Feedback hub, new, one of two. I can hit D again. Draggable. Pins view, contains 30 items pins view. 0% vertically scrolled. And for those familiar with the Windows 10 start menu, this is the pins view is the tiles area. Life at a glance group header, group. Calendar. Monday 25. Mail, 2 of 8. I'll turn scan Dragable. mode off. Column 3 row off. 
it is not necessary not to available. use scan mode if you choose not to to get around things like the start menu cortana window search box editing i can bring up the start menu start window recently added group hit down arrow and now shift tab toggle navigation menu one of five tooltip expand and tab between the various groups recently added group life at a glance group header group so there's the three groups activate to rename group drag scan mode works in the universal windows mail application so we, here we are in my inbox for a mail account scan reading pane closed space off inbox outlook 2 mail window kelly ford sample text on 449p so this is an email message with some sample text. I could press enter. Reading message, read only. And then turn scan mode on. Scan, blank, blank, our commitment to accessibility. And arrow down if I wanted to read the message. Reading pane closed, space, off. Inbox, Outlook 2, mail window, Kelly Ford interview outline six. So here's another message. This is a note that I made to myself to make sure that we covered all the right information in the interview. I will open that message. Reading message, read only. Turn scan mode on. Scan. And I can hit T because I know there's a table that I added to this. Table with 13 rows, four columns. I hear there's a table with 13 rows, four columns. And I can start reading down a column. Table, topic, row header, topic, column header, topic. Overall Microsoft accessibility story, row header, overall Microsoft accessibility story. Then, column header, primary speaker. And here is where I've listed what we want to cover in the primary speaker. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of how scan mode works. All right, great. And I know there's been some work around verbosity as well. Yeah, we've spent some time with verbosity. For those of you that have used Narrative in the past, it was basically all or some, which was not very useful. So a lot of direct feedback on that. I'm going to take a moment to really focus on the, the first three levels of verbosity because they're really targeted in a very specific way basically the ability to just read text. Sometimes you just want to get through it. You don't want to hear formatting. You don't care about links. You just want to know the basic content without everything else kind of being read in between. And so that's kind of the idea of kind of our verbosity level zero. And the default is at one. And what we did here around one is we said, look, there are these core things that you do when you're in an email and you're on the web and you want to know things like enter and exit a list. You want to know the headers. You want to know spelling errors. And so there's this core set that we put at kind of that default verbosity level. And then we said, look, there's also this other set that really conveys information to and from sighted users around importance. And that's usually uh, shown and highlighted by things like bold and underline and italics and kind of a background color and foreground color. And so because those are kind of that next level of commonly done in both on the web and in mail, we said, hey, look, let's make all of those kind of within reach. So the goal is at zero, one, and two, really kind of allow you that just to your text let me hear the core things for editing email. Three, let me hear the things that are commonly used around helping me understand content or highlighting as people read. There are two other levels which are there because all of the legacy all read them, and they're really around extended formatting information, like font weight, font height, and a bunch of other information around margins and indent, and there's other extended formatting information as well, and so those are kind of the outer two layers for now. And that's it's really kind of how we've tried to adjust verbosity so that it's very task-based. It's focused really on what are the core and common things you would generally hear and see in an email. In the Windows 10 anniversary update, we've added several new verbosity settings to Narrator. These let you get things like headers, list bullets, color, and more. 
The default is verbosity 1. Let's listen to a couple lines of text. This line has some text with various changes made to it. Blank. Blank. Enter list bullet. Windows 7. Bullet. Windows 8. Bullet. Windows 10. Exit list blank. So there, at verbosity 1, we didn't hear about the changes in the first line of text, but we did hear about the bullet at list. Let's change to verbosity 2. Verbose level 2. This bold, line and bold, has underlined, some and underlined, text with various changes made to it. So in that case, as we were reading, we did hear about the bolded and underlined text. If we were moving a word at a time, we would also hear that. This. Bold, line. And bold, has. Underline, some. And underline, text. Now I'm going to change to verbosity level 4, because I've made one other change. Verbose level 3, verbose level 4. Various changes made to red it. So I changed the color of the word it to red. Let's listen to the entire line. Blank. This bold, line and bold, has underlined, some and underlined, text with various changes made to red, it black. Blank. And if we went to read the bullet at list now. Blank. Enter list. List paragraph round bullets. Bullet. Windows 7. Bullet. Windows 8. Bullet. Windows 10. Exit list blank. So, Kelly, I know that there's also been some work done in the area of punctuation with Narrator. Yes, Jeff, we have made some changes in punctuation. Really, this is another case of trying to give you the tools that you need from a screen reader as you're doing work. There's times when what you really want is to just hear the words with the natural pauses uh, created by the speech synthesizer. And then when you're proofreading an important document, email, or other text, you may need to know every punctuation mark that's present. So we've kind of given you some modes. Uh, the default is as you would expect with the natural pauses for the punctuation. We have a mode called math where we speak a lot of the mathematical symbols. And then the basics of sum where you get your periods, your commas, and some of the other common punctuation. And then a, a mode of most and all that build off of that. And we've got a little bit of a demonstration for your listeners as well. As a part of the work we've done per narrator in the Windows 10 anniversary update, We've also made it possible to adjust how much punctuation you hear. Let's listen to the text we heard earlier with the default punctuation mode. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. With roughly 1.2 billion people with disabilities in the world, we're passionate about ensuring that our products and services are designed for people of all abilities. Now we can cycle through the punctuation modes by pressing Alt, Caps Lock, and the plus or minus keys. Math. As you might expect, math lets you hear more mathematical symbols. Sum. And then there's the standard of sum. Most. Most. All. And all punctuation. Our user manual gives more details on each mode. Default. Let's listen to that same text with some punctuation. Math. Sum. Move to beginning of text. New line. Our commitment to accessibility. Microsoft's single quote as mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more period. With roughly one period. Two billion people with disabilities. In the world comma we single quote repassionate about ensuring that our products and services are designed for people of all abilities period. And then Kelly you've worked on autocomplete or suggestions as people type as well. Yeah this is a feature that our team worked on. I'm excited by this feature because internally it really is a partnership between 
a lot of different parts of the company, both the application supporting this and then narrator. So uh, probably many people are used to in various areas of Windows at times, as you enter information, uh, might be in the search box or in some applications, the applications are doing, as you said, autocomplete or suggestions. For the first time, we've built this accessibility so that any application using the control gets suggestions that are going to work with Narrator. And so as you're typing, if I'm entering information into a, a weather app, I can hear the cities that are being suggested. If I'm entering information into the search box, I will get suggestions read to me. And really, it will light up across a wide range of applications. Uh, again, we've got a little bit of an audio demo for the listeners, but Narrator will play a sound to tell you when suggestions are available. It will also give you a hint that says, uh, if you're using the keyboard, you can press caps lock and down arrow to move through the suggestions and then you could step through them with caps lock, left or right arrow. Or if you want, you can just hit the up and down arrow and hear the suggestions. Again, it's one of those things that you try it and, and it kind of just magically starts to work. And I'm, I'm super excited for people to experience this as more and more applications take advantage of it. In Windows 10, applications and narrator work better together with a feature that we call suggestions. You may be familiar that when you type in certain applications, the applications offer suggestions. Now, Narrator will alert you when those are available and offers you a way to read them. I'm going to press the Windows key. Cortana window. Search box. Editing. And I will start to enter the name of an application I want to launch. Caps lock plus down. Mail. Trusted Windows Store app. One of 13. Selected. So that sound indicates that suggestions are available. And if you have narrator hints on, it will also tell you that you can press caps lock plus down arrow to go to the suggestions. Now the start menu in Cortana search has worked this way previously. The start menu announcing search results may not be new to you, but let's launch the mail application. Mail inbo inbox, Outlook 2, mail window, Kelly Ford interview outlines. Now let's hit Control N to start to create a new message. Reading to editing. So here I'm in the to field. I'm going to start to enter an email address. Caps lock plus down accessibility demo ms accessibility demo at outlook.com one of two. So here, in the Windows Mail application, I get suggestions. Let's go back to the Start menu. Cortana window search box editing. I'm going to enter weather. Caps lock plus down arrow to weather. Trusted weather. Trusted Windows Store app. One of 12. Selected. If I wanted to review other suggestions, I can hit caps lock plus down arrow. Suggestions. And I could step through other suggestions. Find results in apps. One of eight. Find results. Find results. In, find results. Find results in photos. Find results. Find results. Find results. Best match. Results. Selected. Selection contains 12 items. Weather. Trusted Windows Store app. One of 12. Find results in settings, 2 of 12. Webcam privacy settings, system settings, 3 of 12. Webcam privacy settings, non-selected. So I hit caps lock down arrow to get to the suggestions, and then caps lock left or right arrow. Again, caps lock plus I don't have to necessarily use those narrator keys. Start window, search box, editing. Caps lock plus down, weather, trusted window store app, 1 of 10. I can also just press up or down arrow. Find results in apps, 2 of 10, selected, weather, trusted window. We'll launch weather. Weather window, weather window. Fahrenheit selected. 
Press to change to Celsius. I will hit Control E. Search editing. And now, if I start to type a city or a zip code. Caps lock plus down arrow to change to suggestions view. One suggestions. One suggestions. Two suggestions. Four suggestions. So I entered nine two six nine. Irvine, California, United States. One of four selected. And now I can hit up and down arrow. Irvine, California, United States. Two of four selected. So these suggestions are available in multiple applications. I'm going to open the sports app. Sports window. Navigation button. Tooltip. News. Again. 2016 British. Hit Control E. Sports slash teams. Editing. And I'll type a team name. Caps lock plus down arrow to change to suggestions view. Seven suggestions. Three suggestions. So I entered P-A-C-K. Green Bay Packers, NFL, one of three, selected. So across a wide range of applications, you now get to know about these suggestions. And their editor just gives you a fast way to go through them. And just so your listeners know, I talked about two ways to access suggestions, right? The default, you're just happy and you arrow up and down. And a lot of times you can distinguish what you're looking for. But if you think about the email case, uh, I might have two or three email addresses for the same person. So in that case, I'd want to switch into narrator's suggestion mode with caps lock down arrow and then caps lock right arrow over to the suggestion. And then I can use different commands, uh, switch narrator into character mode to step through the suggestion a letter at a time so that I can make sure I'm sending the email to the right address. Well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but there's so much here now. I mean, there's, it's really overwhelming, and we need a manual, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> and I know Microsoft has been hard at work at that as well. Dan, there's some internationalization work going on for Narrator, and some new languages have been added. Yeah, we are really excited about expanding the uh, number of languages that uh, Narrator is available in. I think with uh, uh, Windows 7, Windows 8, and, and Windows 10, there were anywhere from a dozen to 15 uh, languages that were um, available depending on which version you had. And we're excited to be introducing uh, 13 new languages with the anniversary update for Narrator. I'll go through the list. These are in no particular order, so I hope that I don't slight anybody by uh, uh, saying them in, in the order that I do. The first was um, Spanish for Mexico. And one of the things that you'll notice here is I've got a few places where there's actually, I'll mention languages more than once, and they're typically specific to a region locale. So it's not like we just have French available and anybody can download French. They're tied specifically to a market because Spanish in Mexico is actually different than Spanish in Spain. So we also introduced French for the Canada market, Portuguese for Brazil. And one that I think that we've probably received the most feedback on is Arabic for Egypt. So Arabic has been one that we've been asked about quite a bit. So I'm happy to say that we have that for the Egyptian market. Catalan for Spain, Danish for Denmark, Finnish for Finland, Norwegian in Norway, Dutch for Belgium, as well as Dutch for the Netherlands, Portuguese in Portugal. Uh, Swedish in Sweden, of course, and Turkish for the Turkey market. 
So super excited. We've got those. Some of these will be available actually uh, with the version of Windows as you install it. And many of these will also be available for download um, outside of the general Windows install. And you can go to, uh, we have a blog post that I think you've referenced earlier. We can reference at the end that outlines each of these languages. Okay, great. Well, before we get to documentation and things, I wanted to talk a little bit about Windows 10 additional features besides Narrator and how those relate to Narrator and compatibility. One of the core features that shipped in Windows 10 last year was the Edge browser. And I'm not sure who would like to take this from Microsoft, but can you talk to us a little bit about the current accessibility story around Edge and where we are today? Yeah, I can start and I'll allow uh, either Brett or Kelly to jump in and add any uh, color commentary if they please. Edge has, I think, done a really good job over the last uh, year, basically sort of laying out what their accessibility roadmap is and why Edge is in in sort of the state that it is related to accessibility. Uh, To summarize that, essentially in previous versions of Internet Explorer, We were using an older application interface uh, for accessibility that, quite frankly, wasn't as powerful as our new modern API is. In conjunction with that, it allowed third-party screen readers to have fairly low-level access to information within the web browsing experience. And one of the things that has come out of uh, Microsoft in the last many, many years is sort of a focus on security for our users. And when they built Edge from the ground up, the focus was really on how do we make it the most performant and the most secure uh, browsing experience possible. And the decision was made to rely solely on our more modern UI automation API programming interface that is essentially the communication channel that the application and AT companies like JAWS and NVDA and, and Windowize rely on in order to exchange information. And so when they did that, it required some work on the part of the of AT companies to consume that information in the correct way. And so what we've been doing over the course of the last year is working with them closely Obviously, we have control over Narrator, so the development of Narrator as an AT product. And so today with Edge, we know that there are areas where it's still incomplete, but we do say that Narrator with Edge is working well enough that we would like people to do their best to use Edge and Narrator and provide us with feedback so that we can continue to improve the experience NVDA, we've been working closely with on uh, their integration with Edge, and I know that they have in their latest preview releases of uh, NVDA been uh, incrementally adding support for uh, various parts of Edge as well. And I'm sure they would uh, welcome any feedback from users on places where the experience isn't working as well as possible. And, of course, we're uh, continuing to work with companies like uh, Freedom Scientific and AI Squared with their products as well. And I know that uh, I can't speak to the roadmap, but I know that uh, the folks over at JAWS are working with um, – they've got a, a roadmap and a plan for supporting Edge longer term. And so we've been uh, in continued conversations with them there. So at this point, we know that there's work that needs to be done. 
But in the areas where things are working, we really encourage folks to give it a go, particularly with Narrator and Edge. Uh, give us feedback because the more that we can work on fixing those things with the Edge team, the better the experience is going to be for all the AT companies once their support is more fully in place. Great. And what about the mail application inside of Windows 10? Where do you feel we are there? Brett, you want to take that? Sure. And working with mail, uh, both the UI team and narrator and the Windows team has been in close contact with the email team and really working and making sure that the editing experience is clean. And so we spent a lot of time working with them. I, I feel it's in a good position. I also know that the third-party ATs have been doing work as well. So I know Freedom Scientific, for example, has been working with the Outlook team as well. And uh, so we, we expect a continued improvement. We'd love your feedback. But we do believe you could go in and uh, write a basic email, read through the email, and that's where you uh, here's you know the rundown over the past six months has been about hey can we make that performant can you tune your verbosity can you air around and get to the sentences and read things and hear things quickly and so we've had some great initial feedback from uh, working with folks but uh, we love your feedback and I know the uh, the Outlook team as well is is very interested in your feedback. And one last question before we go back to uh, documentation and that is what about the store applications? And narrator, do you feel that you know where's the accessibility in reference to a lot of the store apps? And you guys probably only really have control over the apps that you write. Um, the third-party ones probably are more difficult to really say where that is. But I didn't know if you wanted to speak to that. I'll, uh, or Brent, did you want to answer that? Or well, we could both get take a shot at it. How okay. about that? <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff, great question around the the store apps. Uh, first and foremost, when we looked at the inbox apps that we're shipping today, we've continued to prove them from the Maps app to the Weather app, and really you look at something like Scan Mode to help you get through all of the apps in a consistent manner. I believe that that uh, adds value. But there's ongoing and continued education that's needed, uh, both. Uh, how do we make our frameworks better that those apps use? And then how do we also help developers uh, do a better job and more quickly uh, make apps accessible? And uh, one of those areas that uh, wasn't on the list, but really to help developers, we built a mode in Narrator called Developer Mode. So CapShift F12 will blank the screen and allow a developer to go through and see what Narrator's reading. So we believe there's value for developers there. So we're really looking at both now and in the future, what does it mean to make our frameworks better? What does it mean to improve Narrator? And then what does it continue to mean to uh, help developers learn more and uh, have more consistent and quick feedback so they can help build accessible apps? Along the lines of that last point, uh, Jeff, what I'd like folks to know is we have worked extensively uh, with the folks across Microsoft that do developer documentation. And we've really tried to beef up the documentation we make available about uh, the accessibility framework, UI automation, and really the whole end-to-end uh, -end experience of what things developers would need to do to make their applications more accessible. And I think you've made that very clear at things like the developers conferences or build, certainly stuff at Channel 9 in the developer circles. The forward thinking and the forward approach, getting to what Dan talked about at the beginning of the program, can be seen in a lot of outward communication from Microsoft, not just at developer conferences, but even through the Windows blog, as well as uh, things like the Twitter account. If you are not following Microsoft accessibility on Twitter, you should, because the cornucopia of resources sources that are coming from that account about some of the great work that you guys are doing is just astounding. Absolutely. And keeping on the theme of documentation, 
I sort of alluded to this a little bit earlier about the kind of overwhelming amount of change to Narrator. And Microsoft, I know, wanted to work on something to try to help this curve. And so, Kelly, you want to talk to us about that? Sure, Jeff. As you said, we've had a, a range of changes, and we've talked about a number of them. And, you know, all those changes are, are great, and we really hope that they resonate with our customers. But you also need to know how to use all those uh, things. There's a lot of new commands and things that Narrator can do. And so we sat down and we said, well, you know, really, what are the building blocks that the screen reader allows, and how do you use that across some of the experiences? And so for the first time, we'll have a user guide for Narrator that'll be available on August 2nd. Uh, customers can go to uh, aka.ms forward slash narrator get started. And we'll have a few different chapters that kind of walk through a lot of the things we've talked about here in more detail, give you the keyboard commands, give you a little bit of structure of how you might want to use some of these things. And uh, like a lot of what we've said today, it's a start and we'd really like to know, you know, what other documentation would be of value to you and what more would you like us to tell you uh, how to use so that we can continue to grow and improve. Okay, so can you give that URL to us one more time? Sure. It is aka.ms forward slash narrator get started. That's all one word. If you go there before the 2nd of August, you will get some sort of a page not found error. But the nice thing is after the 2nd, uh, that uh, URL will work. And actually, the narrator manual gets uh, localized, we call it, into multiple, multiple international versions as well. Well, that's great. It's amazing you guys get all that done as far as the conversion of documentation and all that. That's kind of a side note, but it always really surprises me how quickly that gets done. That's, that's pretty neat stuff. So that brings us to probably the most important part of our conversation today, and that is how can we as members of the Main Menu program and ACB become more involved in the process of providing feedback to Microsoft? Because truly without doing that, we will not see the changes that we would like within Windows and other Microsoft products. So I'm wondering, Brett, can you tell us how we can get more involved? Yeah, I'd love to. One of the things that we've been talking about is really how do we continue to get uh, feedback so that we can continue on this journey together. And uh, one of the top areas that people don't really recognize is inside of Narrator, we've built in a feedback mechanism. So if you're unhappy, you can press caps E once and we'll note it. If you press caps E twice, so caps EE, you'll then be presented with a dialog box that says, hey, it was too slow, Narrator spoke too much, I got lost. There's kind of common things we hear about what's going on. It'll allow you to kind of put in a little bit of text and send it to us. And what we do with that data uh, as it comes through to Microsoft is we look at the apps that you were in and we look at your feedback and we go to work with those app developers and go, hey, we have feedback from, from folks that say in, insert, let's say the weather app, folks are unhappy with it. We should kind of look more closely and, and look at some things and use the research based on, on what people tell us. So it really allows you as you're going along, if you're frustrated, just give quick, immediate feedback. You don't have to interrupt your workflow uh, very far just to go, hey, I'm upset. But there's also other options as well that we have. We have uh, microsoftaccessibility.uservoice.com, and that's a place where we take feedback as well. We also have a, the feedback app inside of the tools. And then one of the great things we hear about is our disability answer desk. So if you're still having troubles, call a disability answer desk. 
they'll try to help you through and they'll make sure that we also get the information and the feedback. So lots of great ways to give us feedback. The more feedback you give us, the more we can help improve as we go along. And just to add a little bit to that, for those that are comfortable with the, the user voice site, one of the nice things there is you can leave us feedback and uh, you can also vote on other people's feedback and you can add comments so that if there's a little bit more flavor or color that you want to add to what's not working for you, it's a place where you can give us that level of detail. And many Microsoft product teams have these user voice sites. And so it's a, it's a great tool. Excellent. Okay. Brett, I, I know this is always a dangerous question to ask, but you know, we would be neglecting our audience if we didn't ask it. But what does the future hold for Narrator and really the, the future of Windows accessibility? Where do you, if you were to be able to put your thinking cap on and and of course, you know, the future is always sort of an unknown factor. But uh, what might you be able to say about that? Well, a, a few things. One, I hope this work over the anniversary update shows and reflects that we are continuing to engage and accelerate that engagement. And so I foresee a continued acceleration of that engagement over many releases to come. That's not just Windows, but it's partners inside Windows, it's our partners in Office, it's our partners in Edge, it's all of our partners internal. And so from my perspective, being in the operating system for most of my career, really it's some of the best advances I've seen in accessibility, it's some of the best dedication top to bottom in the company. And so I'm just super excited about the future and the direction, and I would expect that we would continue to work on some of the things that we started on in this particular release. We've started working on our performance. We've started working on the reliability. We've started working on better editing. We've started working on better web. And so I would continue to see those things accelerate. And I would continue to respond to your feedback and really trying to make sure we stay a very focused, consistent, clean product for Windows. And really bringing Windows personality to Narrator so that Windows and the application on Windows look and feel uh, the same. I know you've heard me say this earlier. I think it's important that Windows is consistent to use, and I think it's important that Narrator is consistent. And really, our ability to, to bring you all of our products in a consistent manner is going to be outstanding. So I foresee continued use in Narrator. Uh, over time, I see us expanding and continuing to do other work. And one of the great things that was brought up in a pre-discussion was really things like Xbox. And I bring that up because... One of the initiatives inside of Microsoft is how do we make sure as we look at the Universal Windows platform and the Universal Windows apps, how do we start to make all of our platforms look and feel and be consistent? So the Xbox is on the start of that journey. Uh, mobile comes up a lot. Our, our mobile offering also will be very consistent. Um, but our focus in the short term will continue to be on the desktop with the advances continuing to accrue to all of those platforms and apps as we go forward. Really, the future is bright. And as long as we're providing feedback, it can only get brighter. So I'm really encouraging everyone to get on the bandwagon. If you're brave enough, join the Insider program. We should probably talk in depth about that at some point outside of this conversation. But yeah. uh, maybe we'll bring you back, Joe, and we'll talk about that since uh, you and I are sort of familiar with that. And um you know, we can we can dive deep about that. It's it's not so scary as it sounds, as long as you stay on the slow ring. <laughs> I do have a question for you guys. Being a former AT trainer, I always used to help people use some type of player like Winamp or 
or whatever. Is there any work being done or will any work be done on Groove? Or what do you find works best as a media player today? That's uh, one of my questions, guys. All of the app teams across Windows, uh, Groove Music being one of them, are actively working to understand uh, their user experiences and continue to improve their accessibility. We spent, as a accessibility team, many, many hours with uh, several of these key teams helping them uh, understand accessibility and usability and just continuing to grow their skills. And so I think that, you know, as Brett said, we're on a journey at Microsoft, and, and you'll see many of the experiences continue to improve, including from the music app. So what would you recommend for, uh, for a media player, for people that are totally blind? I personally use uh, Groove Music. I use a combination of Groove Music and still there is Windows Media Player mm-hmm. in the operating system. Okay. And I think that you can use either one. One of the things I've noticed, to Kelly's point, about the internal app teams really learning and taking feedback, so I think the Groove Music is a great example of that. I've used it on the mobile device the other day. Had a first start. It says, hey, I'm setting things up. Hey, I'm done setting things up. You could download music, let's say, starting to download music. And so they're really across the board on that journey, learning with the users and what they like and what they don't like. And so I think Groove Music is a good example of continued learning. And so from a feedback perspective and the direction forward, Groove is where Microsoft will continue to invest as an audio player and a media player. And so having feedback and having folks try it out and giving us feedback, super great for both the narrator perspective and the app perspective. So uh, another great place to try out and give us feedback. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. So I wanted to give an opportunity for our panelists to give last-minute uh, comments about Windows 10 and the, the anniversary edition. So we'll start with Randy. Do you have any other comments the you want to... The only comment I have really is um, I was kind of thinking of... You guys are doing such a super job with Narrator. It's like I, I'm hearing all this stuff for the first time, and I'm going, really? I want this now. <laughs> um is there any way that we can get hold of a copy of like a really old narrator, like that one would hear on a netbook? I'm, uh, I, I, it helped me. <laughs> it helped me one time, you know, get up and running. It really did. I went, wow, this is great. It actually worked. It actually talked me through an installation before I could get things up and running. I think it would be kind of a neat lead-in to hear like an old narrator. I don't have one, but that does bring up an interesting point. So Microsoft uh, team. Many may not know how to even turn Narrator on in Windows 10 if they're new to it or if they're sort of used to the, you know, Windows key U way of enabling Narrator. There's now a new keystroke for doing this, and it's a lot easier now. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. Jeff, you bring up an interesting point. You know, how do I start Narrator if I want to learn it? Uh, Basically, hold down the Windows key and you press Enter. And it's designed to work anywhere, whether you're on the lock screen or on the desktop. And then Windows key enter will turn narrator off. And so there are times where you just need to start it up to use it for a short time if you're low vision. There are times where folks want to turn it off and turn it back on to see if it's the app or the screener not being responsive. But effectively, Wind key enter is your way to turn it on and off and on very quickly. One thing to note about that is that there's a common... Uh, misunderstanding that if you press win key enter on the desktop it will always turn on when you come back and so if you want to make sure narrator always turns on when you use on the desktop you can do so by going into the into the setting and saying please always turn narrator on but again win key enter super quick to turn it on and win key enter will turn it off so when in doubt press win key enter and see what happens 
You brought up it a is. good point. So if there's a crash, sometimes you can get out of it or find the problem by turning the narrator on and having it do the reading for you. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, uh, obviously our, our goal long term is to have narrator be usable, you know, on the web and do an email and using the inbox applications. So, uh, so certainly in the short term, I think it's as people run in those situations, try narrator out. Hopefully, uh, there's more there, and I'm like, wow, I, I love the voices. It, it's responsive, and continue to try it. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's worth mentioning. There was a conversation about the Edge browser earlier. And just in general, what I've noticed is that many times folks will start Narrator, and this happened at a conference uh, both this year and last year. Folks would start Narrator and ask, well, what do I do? And what's interesting is that it's primarily the same things you would always do if you were using Windows. If you hit the Windows key and you press search, we'll tell you search results. If you're on the web and you're like, well, what do I do on the web? Well, turn on scan mode, press H, jump to a header. And so what we found is that there's hesitation to get in and dive in and try it out just because folks don't necessarily know what can be done yet. And so this is yet uh, another plug for the user manual that's coming out that Kelly spoke about earlier. But I think you'd be surprised how some of the things you've learned that are Windows commands will still work and Narrator will read them. And uh, we really encourage you to jump in and try out Edge, give us feedback, jump in and try out the email program, give us feedback, try the Weather app, try the Groove app, and, and please keep giving us feedback. Absolutely. Well, I want to really thank all of the people from Microsoft for joining us this week. This has been just amazingly great. And uh, I think the future is really bright for Windows as well as Office and, and all of the Microsoft apps that are coming out. And there's so much more we could talk about, but really there's so little time. <laughs> so uh, Dan and Brett and Kelly, thank you so, so much for coming and speaking to us all about what is going to prove next week to be very exciting for the uh, IT industry and for consumers alike with the new anniversary edition of Windows 10. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening on ACB Radio Mainstream, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen on any internet-connected device using the ACB Link iOS app, grab it as a podcast, or pick up a phone and dial 605-475-8130 at airtime. Feel free to send us feedback by emailing mainmenu at acbradio.org or interact with us on Twitter at Main Menu. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.